at center field. It is gone. Rice Harper with his first big World Series moment. All right, so Philadelphia Phillies, Kevin Barker, as we all predicted. Hammering. Lance McCullers and the Houston Astros. 7 nothing in Game 3 of the World Series last night. They have a 2-1 lead. Game 4 goes tonight. Aaron Nola and Christian Javier. Brad Lidge, former Phillies closer, MLB radio network analyst, will join us later on to break this down. Um, two talking points out of this game. And I know it's going to drive Barker nuts because neither of them really give the Phillies the credit they're due. But uh, one... All this talk, all this talk that uh, that there may have been some pitch tipping going on, which is just one of Barker's favorite things. Just one of Barker's favorite things to talk about uh, in the planet. And the other, Dusty Baker, Dusty mm-hmm. Baker and his decision-making, or lack thereof. Let's talk about Dusty Baker's decision-making, first of all. A couple of things. He's got a loaded bullpen. He, he's got starters in the bullpen. He's got Jose Arquiti in the bullpen. I mean, he's got guys who've made like 81 starts available to him in the bullpen. Now, it all falls apart last night in most people's minds. See, I think it fell apart in the first two innings. They got a 4 nothing lead. Dusty sends, him, sends McCullers back out to face the top of the order for the third time through. Now... In Dusty's defense, and Dusty said this, the fourth inning was a nine-pitch fourth. The third inning was an 11-pitch third. So it's not like McCullers Jr. has been beaten around first inning, second inning, third inning, fourth inning. He's coming off two pretty good innings in the third and fourth. Then it comes apart in the fifth inning. So let's deal with that first before we get into the pitch-tipping stuff. Um Dusty's decision-making, Kevin. Did you have a problem with that? Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you're making excuses for a dumb move, and that's exactly what it is. And you know how I feel about Dusty. I love Dusty. Like, Dusty's a great man. He's a great human. He, he thinks about the human first. It's, it's very hard for me to come on here and be very hard on him. But let's be honest. Game one, he didn't take a guy out when he should have, and that's probably why they lost game one. In game three, it's about holding the deficit. It's 4 nothing after two innings. You got lucky because your starter went out in the third and fourth inning and – didn't give up a run. The fifth inning rolls around. You're facing the top of the order. No chance you're letting the top of the order face that guy a third time. No chance. Your job as manager on the road in a World Series game is to hold the deficit. And you just mentioned he's got a plethora of deuce to choose from that are raring and ready to go that haven't pitched. What better time to throw them, give a, a top of the order a different look to try and hold the deficit? You look at Rob Thompson. All he does is can't wait to go to his highest leverage guys. It's 4 nothing. He's getting Alvarado up, facing a dude that you could throw it in the area code, and he's swinging yeah. at it because these games matter. It's about when in doubt, use them. And I just don't understand why I can see it sitting on my couch in Milton and Dusty Baker, who has – 
more experience when it comes to baseball and doing everything can't see that it's four nothing and you have a chance for nothing when it's six nothing with the bullpen the way the Phillies is playing and the mojo that they have right now six nothing you have no chance so your job is to hold the deficit he did not do that and that for me makes me scratch my head there's no excuse for it you got everybody down there that you can throw if you don't want to throw your highest leverage guys don't do that till you have mm-hmm. the lead but you got a plethora of a bunch of other dudes that can throw you're just trying to hold it you're trying to give the top of the order a different look and then it was a it was a single by Brandon Marsh and in a changeup that a dude went back Lake City that hit it to the moon and the game's over in the fifth inning and you have no chance because you, for whatever reason, didn't want to go get a guy who, quite frankly, wasn't any good that day. I just don't understand it and I never will understand it. Yeah, it, it uh, it's funny. I was watching when Rob Thompson got Alvarado up and I was thinking to myself, remember Brian Anderson, Ray's analyst, talking to us about Kevin Cash's approach? And it was in the middle of the season. He said, here's the difference between Kevin Cash and other managers. Kevin Cash wants to get into his bullpen. That's his idea. He wants to get into his bullpen and get into those arms and use those arms and leverage situations. And I kind of thought about that because we'd spend so much time talking about Rob Thompson and how his circle of trust, if you want to call that, may be a little more, maybe a little smaller, right? I mean, it's obvious. You look at the relievers he used last night. Those are probably those are essentially his B guys. No, n- not taking anything away from him, but those are his those are his his B guys. But he managed that game like a guy that was ready to go to the bullpen if he had to the the, the third time through. You know, we got to talk about Ranger Suarez at some point as well, Kevin, because I, clearly I haven't been paying enough attention to the National League because I did not think that that's not what I expected from him. Like that's that's not that's not I didn't. I just didn't expect that the guy would be that cool under 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 pressure, um, but we'll deal we'll deal with that at, at some other point. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm with you in that regard. I'm not now. I'm not making excuses for Dusty. I'm just saying for nothing. Dusty managed that game to me like a to, to me like a like guy he punted. Who, no, I, he managed that game to me like a guy who expected his offense to score some runs. Really? He was watching a different game than I was watching. Yeah, I for nothing. His his starting pitcher has had two good innings in a row, and they were McCullers look, you know, like the McCullers we used to see, we're used to seeing. But what kind of got me a little, I guess, a little surprised is, or what surprised me a little bit is the fact that Dusty admitted after the game, in answering a question about letting McCullers go the third time through, he admitted after the game that he didn't have anybody up, right? In other words, he's saying not only was McCullers coming off a good inning, the ninth inning, or I'm sorry, the fourth inning where he had nine pitches, the third inning where he had 11 pitches, I didn't have anybody up in time. Dusty admitted he didn't have anybody up in time to go at that point. That would concern me because as good as he was in the third and fourth inning, now I got somebody ready for the fifth. I'm, I'm willing to let Lance McCullers go out there to start the fifth, but once it comes around to the top, let me finish. Once it comes around to the top of the order, because he's facing the bottom of the order in the fifth inning, 
once it comes around to the top of the order, I got to have somebody ready to go for for Kyle Schwarber. Brand, those guys. Brandon Marsh has already hit a home run off of you. Uh, I, I don't care if he's sitting ninth. Right now, your spinner's not working. When it's not spinning, you're not doing a good thing. Top of the order's coming up. I don't care if eight, nine. You, you got lucky by him going, getting through the third and the fourth inning. You don't push it. You're trying to hold the deficit to give your team a chance to win a baseball game in the World Series on the road. And you and just mentioned got- it. You have a plethora. There's name after name. That's all we talked about when this series started, about how good the pitching is. How come we don't see it? I just don't understand that. Like, it's the first inning. You're too afraid to go out and get an AL Cy Young Award winner at home because it's the AL Cy Young Award See, winner. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I, just, I had a bigger issue. I had a bigger issue with the way Dusty managed the first game than I did this one. Not me. Like, I, I, I just, this, again, gets back to that thing. We crack jokes about well, when's Dusty going to show up? And <laughs> it's sort of the, the first game. It's, it's, it's more about feelings than it is about winning. That's just me. I love Dusty. You know how I feel about him. I played for him. He's a great man. But man alive. Like, how again? Am I seeing this sitting on my couch? And, and a lot of fans of baseball are saying, you don't have to be a fan of the Astros or the Phillies. Just know your job now after the second inning was to hold the deficit to give a really good team, a really good offense, who's not clicking on all cylinders right now, but probably because the other side of the, the field is pitching really, really well and has a lot of mojo. It's your job to hold that to forward nothing to at least chip away at it and make Rob Thompson do something. What if somebody runs into one and it's 4-2 because you went to your your bullpen held him down, and now Rob Thompson's over there thinking, scratching his head, what do I do? How do I line it up to get everybody in the right position? And then maybe somebody walks somebody, somebody else runs into one, it's a tie game late in the game. That's You just had no chance because your manager didn't do anything. I just don't understand that. That's just me. Uh, the uh, text line is open, 590-590. DMs are uh, open as well, uh, SN Jeff Blair is my Twitter handle for Barker's Backleg Bits. We'll get to that later on in the show. We'll talk a little bit as well about uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. winning the gold glove. Matt Chapman not getting the gold glove. And the gold glove, I mean, it's a vote. This is one of the... Arguing about the gold glove is dumb because it's a vote of coaches, managers, and there's a statistical element to it as well. So again, it's not a bunch of dumb, fat-ass writers sitting around making a decision on it. This is baseball people doing it. So, you know, have at it. It's baseball people using stats, making the decision. Uh, to me, it, it is the, the, the argument over the gold glove may be the least interesting argument in baseball because it is what it is, and it's everything you want every award to be. Anytime an award is given out, people say, what do the writers know? It should be the guys who play the game. All right, you got guys who are playing the game. What about the statistical guys? They have too much of an impact. Okay, they're not involved entirely in the decision-making here. Okay, but the old-school baseball guys don't use analytics. Guess what? Analytics is a part of this decision-making process. So it is the dumbest award. This is the perfect way to pick the award, and that's the thing about baseball. You can pick an award, have the perfect way to make the decision, and nobody's going to be happy with it. Anyhow, Vladdy Jr. did get his gold glove. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. I know a couple of people have weighed in uh, DMing about uh, Matt Chapman not getting the gold glove and Vladdy getting the gold glove. We'll deal with that. Brad Lidge joins us as well. So uh, the other talking point out of the game yesterday was pitch tipping. And did the Phillies have something in Lance McCullers Jr.? A L- little bit of background here. Uh, 
we've talked about how in the post, there's no other baseball going on right now. Everybody's watching these games. That There's nothing other than a couple of dudes in the Arizona Fall League. Nobody with the Philadelphia Phillies is doing anything right now other than watching everybody with the Houston Astros. So if something's going on, chances are it's going to be picked up. It doesn't really and, – and this is – God love Bryce Harper because Bryce Harper calls Alec Bohm over to the dugout before he goes to the plate. Then he goes up and hits a home run, and everybody's just assuming. He says, hey, watch his, his glove. He's dropped his glove down to blah, blah, blah. So everybody assumes that, that there was pitch tipping going on. We're going to listen. Dusty Baker was asked about that and about Lance McCullers Jr., and then we're going to go to Lance McCullers Jr., and, and then I'm just going to turn it over to Barker because he's ready to explode here about pitch tipping. So this was Dusty when asked about Lance McCullers Jr. Dusty, there was a lot of talk about the Phillies being able to, to pick up something on Lance. Is that something that you noticed? No, not really. I mean, <clears throat> you know, four out of the five homers they hit were off-speed pitches. And, and they hit one fastball, the bomb hit um, a fastball. Now, that's not anything I notice. I mean, you know, guys are always looking for for something, always looking to see if they're tipping their pitches. And, uh, uh, you know, we didn't see anything. I mean, sometimes they just they just hit you. You know what I mean? And uh, like I said, uh, you know, who knows? They might have been sitting on off-speed pitches because that's what they hit out of the ballpark. Okay, that was Dusty talking about pitch tipping. This was Lance McCullers Jr. after the game asked directly about that. Did they feel like you're, they were sitting on no. the slider or just? They just had good at bats, you know. I mean, I felt like I made some adjustments and went on a little bit of a of a decent run there toward the middle of the game, and then obviously it, you know, they hit the two homers to uh, to before I got taken out. So, um, you know, this is a game of adjustments, and and they're a good team. I've said that before. And uh, got beat today. Uh, I think guys have conversations all the time, you know, before at bats and before innings and things like that. So, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and, and and say anything like that. They, I got whooped. End of story. Okay, Kevin, that was Lance McCullers Jr. Now, yeah. of course, he's he's not. First thing is, he's not going to come out and say, yeah, I think they probably noticed that I was turning a little more in my fastball. Ross Stripling would have my leg a little higher. Ross Stripling, Ross Stripling would have. That's true. He would have explained exactly what he did wrong. No question. Which in its own way is a little bit of a, a little bit of mind game, right? Like nothing mm-hmm. telling the team that thinks they have something on you. Let them know that I know you. You got something on me, dudes. You ain't seen that again the next time. Like that yeah. is genius. Of yeah. course, I'm tipping pitches. Here's what I'm doing when I'm throwing my fastball. I'm actually flexing my glove more. Think about that, guys. Anyhow, Barker, I know you're a big fan of. Guys spending half a broadcast talking about pitch tips. Oh, they the did way too. Josh oh. Smoltz was. I'm going to turn this over to you. First of all, on a scale of one to ten, how much of this is pure, unadulterated BS? You mean, you mean ten being legitimately 10 being, BS, or yeah, ten being uh, you know Jeff Blair piled high BS, uh, one uh, being completely accurate. Okay, if I walk up and ask Bryce Harper that, that's probably a, a – he probably knows uh, every little thing because he's DH and, and he's figured out, right, every little thing that goes into whatever it is. He, he's a smart, great hitter. Alec Baum, I, I find it hard to believe just because the guy's getting lit up that you can walk up to Alec Baum who's got 13 homers on the year as what hit one homer up until last night in the playoffs, and you can go up to him and just in like eight seconds tell him that if he moves his hand – 
three inches below, that's a fastball. If he raises it three inches higher, somewhere around the bill of his cap, that's a breaking ball or a slider. I find that hard to believe. Other than you walk up to a guy and you go, hey, the three right-handed hitters that's in front of you saw 15 pitches in total. Eight of them were sinkers. Castellano, the last inning who ended the inning, probably a better hitter than you are. Got paid a ton of money. You're going to respect that guy. You're, you're not a great hitter. You got 13 homers on the year. He saw three sinkers in a row. If I'm Bryce Harper, I'm probably saying that to him. Get it down early. Look for a sinker. I'm going to tell you this, too. If Lance Pecoris Jr. would have located that middle away like he was trying to and didn't miss middle end, he's probably out right there. So I, it's just, it's very easy. I have this conversation all the time with Pete Walker about the tipping the pitches, and every time a dude is getting hit hard and he throws a decent pitch, and nobody ever wants to give credit to the hitter. That just maybe that, you know, Lance McCullers Jr. throws a bazillion curveballs and sliders, and I'm going to eliminate the hitter because he never throws it unless I'm a right-handed hitter. I'm just going to go up and look for something spinning like Bryce Harper did, like Kyle Schwarber did. You're, I, and again, I find it hard to believe that Somebody like Brandon. I wish we had video of you, by the way, right now. Barker's yeah. got like papers flying all over the place. He's standing I wrote up. This, he's walking around. I wrote this down. Brandon Marsh. You're telling me that Brandon Marsh is hitting ninth. Can see in front of 50,000 people a dude doesn't raise his hand three inches high enough that's a breaking ball. It, instead of just saying that he got in a 2 0 count, he got an elevated spinning slider that you could hit, Jeff. Maybe not hit it no, for a homer, but you could put it in play. Maybe we just say that the guy had a better approach than you made a better pitch. Like, it just a lot of the times it's just like, man, with a guy that has that much experience, I just knocked the computer over. That has that much experience <laughs> on the mound, you would certainly think that it would just. I just don't understand that. It just instead of just saying maybe the hitter has great approaches, you made a bad pitch and he hammered it. How about we say that occasionally instead of just saying, well, it can't be that. I mean, analytics and khakis running all these teams. Ain't no way pitchers are making bad pitches, and really good hitters are hammering those. Maybe he was tipping his pitches a little, and maybe somebody like Bryce Harper can pick that up because he's the one of the best top five players in all of baseball. But you're telling me that Baum and Marsh can pick these things up with 50,000 people in the stands in a third game of a World Series. I'm sorry. Like, I have a little tough time of saying that. And I'm not going to say it. So, how was that? That was good. I knew that you had some some stuff to say about it. Um, it is, though, it, listen, and it's, I think it's understandable, considering how much time we spend talking about analytics and all that stuff and, and video, I think it's understandable that when a good pitcher gets hit and gets hit hard, people automatically assume that somebody has something on the guy. Like I'm I'm agreeing with you. But it is an easy it's an easy narrative to have. Right? It's an easy narrative to have because that's all we talk about. That's all we talk about. Okay, let me tell it's all we talk about during the regular season. Did somebody Jose Brios, first bad game of the year. What was the storyline? Was he tipping pitches? Okay, if I'm Bryce Harper and I know I'm going to get up in the first inning and I'm watching a hitter that's similar to me, Kyle Schwarber is similar, right? He's a home run guy. He's not as mm-hmm. good a hitter as me because he doesn't hit his high average, but he can thump some things. He can go back Lake City a lot. I just saw that dude get four sliders and two curveballs. Four of those pitches were non-competitive. If I'm Bryce Harper and I'm standing over there, I'm not looking for him tipping pitches. I'm thinking to myself, well, heck, if he just saw four things that were spinning, what am I going to look for? I'm going to look O-O spinning right down the middle. What did he get, Jeff? Yeah, he got O spinning right down the middle. 
So it's about what's going on in front of you. It's about doing your homework. It's about knowing that Against lefties this year, Lance McCullers threw 44.4% breaking ball, 24.4% changeup, 11.6% slider. Like, good chance, if you're a left-handed hitter, that you're getting something spinning. Mm -hmm. Think long, think wrong. It's just to say that you can tell a bad hitter to process that he's moving it down three inches. Now I'm thinking about swinging at a strike, getting my foot in an athletic position, keeping my hands close to my body, driving down and through the baseball, beating the, the pitcher to the spot with velocity. Do all of that if you're a bad hitter, good luck. Like you're just you're 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 giving these guys way too much credit. And, and instead of just saying they took advantage of a really bad pitch. All right, let's shift focus to Ranger Suarez and what he was able to do last night against the Houston Astros. And and I think we, we agreed, I think everybody agreed, that the rain out helped Philadelphia because it gave their pitchers extra rest. It gave their bullpen extra rest. We've already talked about how Rob Thompson doesn't like to go to Sir Anthony Dominguez, for example, in back-to-back days. So as if that wasn't enough, Ranger Suarez comes out. And Kevin, he... We saw him come in in relief, and yeah, it was, you know, we know what the San Diego Padres did in that game. The bunt, they helped him out and all that stuff. But it's just, he looks like one of those guys, you you talk about heartbeat a lot. He looks like one of those guys that just has a really slow heartbeat when he's on the mound, doesn't he? Yeah, well, the rainout, what it did was it allowed you not to pitch the end of guard in game three and pitch one of your tougher, better, you know, hot pitchers, which is exactly what a team that's not supposed to win the World Series has to have, mm-hmm. is a really hot guy that you can go to anytime. You can bring him out to close out a game, and hopefully you get him enough rest. He can pitch in game three, first game at home, and you, they can go back Lake City a bunch and win a baseball game and go up two to one. His sinker's dominant. His changeup's dominant. Uh, he's throwing, uh, expanding to a very aggressive team who is obviously trying to score first. We've said this. They know that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need a khaki to walk up to tell you. How do you burst the bubble? That first, first pitch of the game, right? Yeah, it's dumb. Well, you, again, Altuve, it's like the fifth inning, too. He's got first and second, and, and you know, you, you got your catcher running out there. You got Rob Thompson just trying to pull his hair out to what to do, get a guy up in the bullpen, and you know, give the catcher credit walking out there and saying, hey, you, you don't have to throw him a strike. When you miss, miss big. He's so aggressive. He's down four nothing. This is Altuve. They're down four nothing. You know he's going to be aggressive. He'll get himself out. Let him do it. And he hits a little jam shot to first base. And the game was over. So, I think it's a combination of you know you got a really good catcher behind the plate. You got a guy who's hot, who has a lot of confidence. You got a a team right now in the Astros is not firing all on all cylinders. Their best hitters aren't their best hitters right now. And you're not going to win a bunch of games that way. When you got a two or three pitches that you can throw for strikes. And you had the lead. I mean, it's four nothing after two innings. It was two nothing after the first inning. That's a huge deal. Like that is a giant deal. Now a guy can go out there and just exhale and get after dudes. And you you get it close. You don't have to make the perfect pitch. They're going to be aggressive. You know what they're trying to do. They want to score, and now they have to score because they're down. And look, he's he's a hot guy. You want to give him the ball all the time, and it takes all the guesswork out for Rob Thompson. So, yeah, the, the rain out was a big deal for the Phillies. Now they can pitch him, and they're up 2-1. They've got Aaron Nola going tonight, Christian Javier going for the Astros. This is another thing that kind of, uh, I, I guess when you look at how Dusty managed that game yesterday, gave you a little bit of cause. 
Christian Javier. Christian Javier is a pretty good pitcher. You you could have managed yesterday's game. You could have gone to the bullpen early. Like I'm I'm with you on that. You could have gone to the bullpen early. But I, I I'll ask you this question now, Kevin, because Lance McCullers is due to go game seven. If it goes to to seven, you've already got. I think we can agree. You got to have a discussion about what the leash is going to be like on Justin Verlander the next time he's out there. You got to at least have that discussion if you're the Astros. You've got to have sort of a plan B ready. Does this does what we've seen from Verlander and McCullers in your mind, Kevin, change what Dusty might want to do here? Like, let's be clear. If you who would you want to pitch Game Seven right now if you were the Astros? It'd be Framber Valdez. That probably isn't going to work out. But has has what we've seen from Verlander and McCullers changed your thinking? About how you play this, if you're done. yeah, let's not let's not get crazy and think about Game Seven. <laughs> you got to get the Game Seven that's, because 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 yes. right now you got to have a quick hook. Like you you got to see uh, Neris. If if you need him in the fifth inning or the fourth inning, you're throwing him in the third or in the fourth or fifth inning. Like mm-hmm. this is a must win for me. You ain't coming back three one. Your offense right now is just not getting it done. Like to think that you can score enough runs against this offense, at least the first four guys, and Bryce Harper doing Superman things. I mean, to look right at the camera after hitting the home run at, at home and saying, "This is my house." Look, that gave me chills. Like I got up and run around doing pretty cool. d- doing cheek to shoulder moves. It was awesome. That was, that was great stuff. But he's got to have a quick hook. And what would tell you in the in the first game and the third game that Dusty can do that? Uh, this is again is you, we talk about, and I've just went on that rant for five minutes about mm-hmm. all these arms he's got down there. Will he use them? Will he use them in the fourth inning if he has to? In the third inning if he has to? I know I would. This is must win. You got to manage this like this is game seven, and then you worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's just me. Yeah, no, I I think that's, um, I I, I like the matchup for them tonight. Uh, you know, we've got to see what happens with Zach Wheeler. That's obviously a concern based on what Rob Thompson said yesterday. It's pretty clear that the Phillies are uh, they are not going to lose faith in him, but it's pretty clear that they realize that they need a plan B uh, for, for, for Zach Wheeler. Um, yeah, I, uh, boy, I, I mean, I don't know about Verlander and I don't know about Verlander and McCullers, though. I... I don't put the cart before I, the horse. Don't don't worry about things you can't control just yeah. quite yet. Worry about wor- yeah. winning tonight. You win tonight, and then you worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And it'd just be interesting for me if the Phillies are up 2 nothing, uh, or it's 2-1 to one Phillies, and the, the third inning rolls around, and here comes Schwarber. Well, what's Dusty doing? That's the question is, how long is the leash going to be? Because there can't be no no conversation after the game, well, why didn't you use this guy? No, you got to use him. Like, at at least, again, it gets back to that Gibby thing when I stand there on the cage, and I said, why in the heck, Gibby, did you do that? He said, I'll tell you why, Bart, just just so I don't have to answer the question when you ask it to me after the game. And it makes total sense, right? It's one of those games where if you got him, use him. Brad Lidge is MLB Network radio analyst. He's also a former closer for the Astros and Phillies, so I guess it's safe to say he's probably got a little bit of split allegiance here, although my guess is he's probably a little more pro-Philly than pro-Astro. Brad Lidge joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh-huh. 
right, we'll get to Barker's Backlake Bits in a few minutes. Talk a little bit about those Charlie Montoya rumors. <laughs> Gold glove. Now we go, White Sox. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The only thing I've seen on Montoya was that uh, some guy, Bob in Northbridge or something like that, some White Sox Twitter guy, yeah. tweeted it out. Uh, MLB trade rumors picked it up. I don't know. We do know that Charlie has interviewed for a couple of jobs. That's probably no surprise. Um, but uh, including, I believe, the Kansas City... Uh, let me rephrase that. I believe it was the, the Miami Marlins job that he interviewed for. Um, and it's no surprise. Well, we'll talk about this later. It's no surprise that Charlie will be back in the game as a bench coach. Um, I don't think anybody has uh, suggested that Charlie is uh, run, his, run his race as a baseball man. So we'll talk about that in the gold gloves as well. Want to continue looking at Game 3, looking ahead to Game 4 of the World Series. Let's bring in Brad Lidge, MLB Network Radio an- Analyst former Astros and Phillies closer. Brad, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. I've got to think that when you watch these games and you see what that atmosphere is like in Philadelphia, that's that's got to bring back some memories, doesn't it? I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, total goosebumps last night for sure. And uh, it's, it's funny because the way this thing has played out, uh, and I just about lost my voice last night, so bear with me if I lose it again here, but um, the way this thing is uh, playing out with the rain out, the rain delay, I should say, in the first uh, for game three, you know, it really has kind of a, an eerie kind of vibe and, and atmosphere the same way that uh, back in 2008 we had uh, with our World Series. But, but obviously it's a lot different because, you know, obviously, first of all, I'm watching it. But second of all, you know, two teams here that uh, I obviously have great memories with. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty wild right now. You know, I'm, I'm in Philly and the fans here have been uh, – Electric. So, you know, that does remind me, of course, of uh, 08 as well. And I haven't been to Houston, but I know it's super, super loud there like it was when I was in the World Series there in 2005. And uh, it's just, obviously, when I played, this would never have happened because the Astros were in the National League. Uh, But, you know, times change, and uh, here we are. Brad, bases loaded, two outs. Here comes Bryce Harper. You're on the mound. How do you get him out? Uh, great question. Uh, first of all, I don't throw a kind of a get me over slider on the first pitch because I think he's probably <laughs> sitting. Uh, I mean, no, no offense to McCullers, but I don't think that was a great plan because I think he was, uh, you know, absolutely sitting on that pitch. And I think the one thing with Bryce is that if he is sitting on any pitch, um, it's it's the wrong pitch. And and you know that being said, if it's if he's sitting on a pitch and you're going to throw it for a strike, you better have perfect precision with it. And I think that. Uh, you know, Bryce is a smart hitter. I mean, you know, he's he's DHing right now, so he's spending a lot of time in that tunnel, studying pitchers, studying what they're going to do, getting his swing completely dialed in for his at bats. And um, I think he saw something. I mean, clearly, you know, <laughs> I think a lot of people saw something maybe last night with Lance McCullers potentially tipping his pitches. But um, you know, Bryce was ready for that pitch. So I think you know, if the base is loaded, okay, you want to throw a slider, fine, but it better be very, very precise. He takes away the pitcher's best strength, which for McCullers is a slider. And he sits on that pitch, and, uh, you know, he's locked in right now. So right now he's not going to miss it. I, I just think, you know, there's ways to get him unsettled a little bit, maybe pitch him up and in. I don't know. I mean, that's what I would have done, uh, maybe on the first pitch and then trust that I could get back in the count with some other stuff. But I, it, it's really difficult for me to watch pitchers going right after him right now in any situation because he is just too dialed in. 
Brad, because you've been in, in really big games, and I, I know the Alec Baum and Bryce Harper Harp was, you know, calling him over and saying whatever he said to him. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll just say that it was he's tipping something. This is what he's doing when he does it. Explain to me, have you ever been around anybody that, you know, has had a, a somewhat okay year? Alec Baum's had an okay year. I think he got 13 homers on the year. He's had an okay postseason. Not been great. It's okay. I, I just find it hard to believe because I used to try and hit. It's, it's possible to – and when you think long, you think wrong. And – for a guy, for us to think that, you know, Bryce, Bryce is one thing. He could do those things. You see tipping, you go up, you look for that, you make a guy pay for it. But did we think that he could tell Alec Baum and Alec Baum to actually go up, see it, get it, and not miss it and hit a home run off right. it? Did we believe that? That's a great point. You know, it's, it's not that easy, right? I mean, even if you know what's coming, you're just going to all of a sudden hit a laser line drive home run. Like, that's not always the case. So, yep. um, I think what, what Bryce relayed to him – Whatever it was, and, and I do think, you know, uh, this offseason Lance McCullers is going to have to go back and take a, you know, a, a real look at that video. Um, whatever it was, it gave Bohm a ton of confidence. And I think that is the one thing that, that what Bryce did was, you know, for, for that matter, it was a super, super important thing to do. It got Bohm feeling really good about what he was going to do when he got up there. And, you know, hitting and pitching are so much about confidence, it's crazy. So even if it wasn't uh, exactly the right thing. Well, Bone thought it was, and he got the pitch that he felt like he could drive out of the park, and he did it. So um, I, I just think that what was interesting to me is that when Bryce did that, you know, a lot of times you could you could tell him, hey, come down here, and you can go back into that tunnel and say, hey, I think I got something on it. But it was right there on that front step. And I think Bryce was, you know, very excited that he probably had something. But at the same time, like, you know, it makes you wonder, uh, you know, if he did it up there strategically, you know, because it seemed to me like McCullers was looking over in that dugout here and there and, talking to himself on the mound a little bit uh maybe more than um you know a normal pitcher would in those situations so i think he it, it potentially got in his head a little bit that the that the phillies maybe had a sign so i think you know for that reason the strategy whether it was legitimate or not and i think it was you know fairly legitimate but it, it worked and Bohm had a ton of confidence for you why has ranger suarez been so good well, I just think, you know, he's sneaky fast. I think that's what it comes down to. That fastball, if it says 94, sometimes 95, sometimes 93, but it always plays up to about 97, 98. And, and it's really hard for a hitter to go up there, you know, seeing a guy throwing 93, 94 and thinking, okay, I have to start super, super early like he's throwing 98. I mean, you're still going to see it and react, but Rangers' uh, mechanics are so smooth uh, and they're so simple, and he's able to get so much backspin on the ball that when he throws it kind of in that inner quadrant to righties, if they're not cheating on a fastball, there's just zero chance they're going to have to get to it. They're thinking 94, and all of a sudden it's about, you know, how it actually plays out is about 98 uh, in on the hands, and they just can't get to it. Uh, and I just think he's able to, you know, make pitches when, when it matters, and uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't give hitters a ton. I mean, you'll watch him out there. Um, he'll get ahead in the count, and he really won't. He'll nibble a little bit. He might walk a guy or two, but he doesn't really give a ton of good pitches to hit up there. And I think hitters start pressing, and uh, when they finally do get that fastball, it beats them to where uh, to where they're looking at. Brad Barker and I went back and forth in this uh, earlier in the show, but the decision to let Lance McCullers go out there and face yep. uh, the, the top of the lineup the third time through, like I, you know, I, yeah. I heard what Dusty said after the game, and you know, the fact is, the fourth inning McCullers threw nine pitches. Third inning, he threw eleven pitches. After giving up those four runs, he did look a little more like. I guess what you expected Lance McCullers to look like. On the other hand, Dusty also said that part of the reason he let McCullers out there again is he didn't have anybody up and ready. And we were comparing this to Rob Thompson, who had Jose Alvarado up, uh, you know, even with the game in hand. If he had to go to Jose Alvarado yeah. early, 
he was going to go to Jose Alvarado early. Any issues with the way Dusty managed that situation? Well, I think, you know, a couple things there. First of all, you know, the Astros were behind in the game. So, so a lot of times when you have a lead, you've got to make sure you win that game. So you have to have those guys up and ready to come in. Uh, I, you know, Dusty's been doing this for a long time. So I don't necessarily think – I mean, for me, it wasn't even so much do you have a guy up and ready. But for me, it was more like if there was a chance that he was tipping his pitches – and, you know, I think Fox was kind of looking at that. I mean, you know, every, if everybody in the stadium thought he might be tip, tipping his pitches, and Fox was saying it as well on TV, you know, how are the Astros not more tentative with McCullers? How are they not thinking, we got to get him out of the game. If they've got something, you know, it can be over quick. Um, for me, that was more a, a surprising thing, I think, that they left him in there just for that. But like you said, he got on a roll and looked like he settled in a little bit in the third and fourth inning. Um, I, I don't know if I would have let him go out there the third time through. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a manager, that's for sure. Uh, but I think when you're when you're already down in the game, uh, you know at that point you're trying to get some lengths out of him as well, and that's an important aspect here. We got three straight games in a row. You want to make sure that your uh, that your starter can get out there and give you as you know if you're going to lose the game, fine, but you don't want to also lose a lot of guys in that bullpen. So you're trying to get some lengths out of McCullers at that point. I, I would say overall, I don't necessarily have a big problem with it, but I'm surprised he didn't get pulled earlier just from the fact that you know the third inning or whatever second inning like. You know, everybody. Everybody was talking about. It. We were all talking about it up in, uh, you know, up in our suite. That hey, he's 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 tipping. Uh, you know, I think John Smoltz was assessing that as well, and, and yet he stayed in the game. So that was odd to me. Okay, so so if the Astros don't win another game in this thing, I, because you played in some big time games, you won a World Series. How how will you and how should we as fans look at the organization of the Astros if they don't win another game in this and win another World Series? Um, that's a fair question. I, I think I think you got to look at them as a as an elite team, a great team, one of the best in baseball. Um, I don't think. I mean, I don't want to say that the, that them winning a World Series was a fluke. I really don't, or that it was the result of them cheating. I, I hate mm-hmm. thinking that in my own mind. These guys are really, really good. They're they're star players. I mean, some of them are, are forging a path to the Hall of Fame, and I know that this will always haunt them. Uh, look, I can tell you this much: Bregman, Altuve, Yuli Gurriel, the guys that were there in, in '17, they're getting booed. <laughs> heavily here in Philly, you know, the, the cheater call is ringing out and everything else. And so they, they experience this everywhere they go. This is not, you know, for them, this is with them the rest of their lives. But I don't think we have to say that they're not a, a team that was worthy of a, of a you know, World Series title. I think that they, they certainly were talent-wise. Even if they don't beat the Phillies, baseball is interesting like that. I mean, we don't, we don't look at the Dodgers and say, you know, uh, they, were, they were a great team, but, but they really just can't get it done. And we, you know, therefore dismiss their World Series at, you know, at any point that they got two years ago. And I get it. It wasn't because of this, you know, there's obviously the cheating scandal whole thing about the Astros, but I just think the team is too talented and they've done too good of a job to dismiss it entirely. I understand if people have the opinion that, Hey, listen, they wouldn't have done it had they not been cheating. I get that. That's everyone's prerogative, but baseball's not, it's still not that easy. As we just talked about, even if you know what's coming, it's not that easy. Um, So it's, it's tricky to me to look at them in that light. I think that they, it's, 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 it's actually, to be honest, it's tough for me to watch a guy like Jose Altuve get booed as much as he does because I think he's a, he's a great player and I think he's got a big heart. And I, I know it hurts him when he gets booed all the time. So uh, it's tricky. But, you know, that being said, I think we look at the Astros as an incredible organization, uh, super talented team. I will tell you guys that in the next five years, the Astros will probably be in the AL championship game <laughs> three out of the next five years. Uh, or, or I should say this, they probably will represent the American League in the World Series three of the next five years. 
Um, so I don't think they're going anywhere. I do want to see Dusty Baker get a ring. I really do. Maybe not this year because I'm, I'm kind of leaning with my Phillies here. But, uh, you know, at some point I'd love to see him get a ring. And I think their, their team is talented enough to do that. Um, you know, and, and they'll have a lot of opportunities coming up. Okay, last question for you before I let you run. Who is a bigger concern for their team right now, Justin Verlander for the Astros or Zach Wheeler for the Phillies? Uh, I w- that's a great question, and I would say Zach Wheeler for the Phillies because I'm not 100% sure that he's 100% healthy. Um, you know, that, that to me ultimately is the, is the toughest part. Like, if you're the Astros, you know that Verlander hasn't had a great track record in the World Series. You know that he might get hit a little bit, but at least you're feeling like he's going to go out there and, and be healthy. Um, and you'll take your chances with Justin Verlander. With Zach Wheeler, man, as good as he was and just unhittable uh, stuff, you know, 97 to 99 on every single fastball. And all of a sudden last game, you know, 94, clearly didn't look like himself, doing, you know, throwing a lot of off-speed pitches. Um, that, that has me concerned. And, uh, you know, I think for the Phillies, he was such an automatic win when he went out there that they've got to be really concerned about that. Now they're giving him obviously some, some extra rest, but I, I, I can't help but think, uh, you know, the leash might be a little bit shorter with him. And if he's not, when you're not feeling 100% out there, you know, you start, you start doing things differently than your normal game plan because you're not 100% confident that the pitch is going to be executed or that it's going to have enough stuff on it to be able to get the hitter out. So that can change things quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I know he's going to be fighting through it. I know he's going to get out there and try and give it everything he's got. But, I, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be signs early in that game. If he's not 100%, they're going to have to figure something out quick. Brad, really good of you to do this today, man. Your voice held up well. Absolutely. Um, enjoy right. the rest of the uh, enjoy the rest of the series, my friend. Thanks for this. Yeah. Good luck. All right, guys. You bet. All right. Take care, fellas. See. Take care. That's Brad Lidge, MLB Network radio analyst, former Astros Phillies closer. Yeah, Brad was part of the. I I talked about this yesterday a little bit. The uh, couple of World Series I covered in Philadelphia. There was one. Where uh, I, I mean, it was rained out. There, well, there was one where the game had to continue. They had to, to, to stop the game and continue it the next day, and the Phillies went on to beat the uh, beat the Tampa Bay Rays and win the World Series. But I mean, that was the weather. The, the weather, the weather was just awful, and and the you know the 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 rain delay, the rain out forced a whole bunch of people to have to make new hotel accommodations. I remember not being able to find. Uh, a hotel in Philadelphia. I think I ended up staying in New Jersey. A bunch of other people did that, and I I remember that World Series well. And and uh, you know that's hey, if you're going to play baseball in the Northeast in November, you're, you 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 got to expect rain. But I do think if Kevin the Phillies do go on to win this, we are going to look back at that rain delay and say that that helped them, uh, or, or the rain out and say that it helped them. It wasn't the deciding factor, but I think we're going to go back and say uh, that it helped them. So interesting, Brad. Kind of buying into the pitch tipping thing, but I think making the point that even if you do know, and I've al- I've always said this, even if someone is tipping pitches, it's still hard to hit. Yeah, yeah. because I, I because Kev, you know as well as I do, we'll run into hitters who'll tell us they don't want to know what's coming, like that's that that screws up their thought process. They don't want to know what's coming. Yeah, may, may, maybe. Bomb is good enough to get information, go up and execute. I, I wasn't. There's a lot of guys that, that aren't. Uh, I, I have, uh, you know, thoughts about is, is Brandon Marsh one of those guys that can go, oh, look, slider, 2-0, yeah. that's hanging, that everybody should hit out. Yeah, I, again, it's, this gets back to maybe he was, and somebody like Bryce Harper or Kyle Schwarber, who hits a bazillion home runs and doesn't mm. miss mistakes, can go up there and do that. But bottom of the order, they're hitting at the bottom of the order for a reason. Yeah, 
it's entirely possible that what Bryce Harper said too is, "Hey, just be aggressive. Get that. Go after that first pitch because he's going to throw a spinner. Go after that first pitch. It's entirely possible it, it was as simple as that. But I also like what Brad said. You know, Bryce Harper's got a lot of time to think about stuff because he's DHing. Yep. And you, you know, it's standing on the top step of the dugout and calling your hitter over. That I mean, that would get your attention if you're Lance McCullough. God, the biggest hit, one of the best hitters in the game, who's just clubbed the home run off me the hell he's talking to this dude now like that'll get your attention because brad's right you could tell on the telecast mccullers is walking around a bit out there he was trying to trying to figure some stuff out anyhow uh that's why we like baseball because there's so much stuff to talk about and um i've got to believe that at some point when this is over we'll probably hear uh we'll probably hear a little more you know the truth eventually comes out in baseball for the most part uh it's that time of the show barker's back leg bits where we turn it over to you the listening audience your opportunity to ask questions of kevin to uh bounce ideas off kevin a lot of folks today weighing in and my twitter handle is sn jeff blair dms are open a lot of folks weighing in on the gold glove selections um, that were announced yesterday. Matt Chapman did not get the uh, American League Gold Glove at third base. That went to R- Ramon Urias of the um, of the of the Baltimore Orioles, and uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did get the Gold Glove. And a reminder that these are you know picked by coaches, managers, and there's some there's some. Um, uh, you know, there's some analytics involved in it as well. But th- this is, as I've said, this is not, you can't blame the writers for this. <laughs> you know, you can't blame the writers for this. And I think for most, it's like anything else. You know your own players' defensive strengths and weaknesses more than other players' defensive strengths and weakness. Like, I'd be lying if I said that I've watched every third baseman in the American League as much as I've seen Matt Chapman. So I don't like to argue about who didn't win a gold glove here. I do like talking about who did win it, Kevin, because I keep getting back to Vladdy Jr. A couple of years ago, we were wondering whether or not this guy was going to have a position. And the Jays were wondering whether or not this guy was going to have a position. And he's turned into a pretty good first baseman. Well, he's a gold glover. I mean, that's an easy call for me. It's night and day difference between last year and this year. Like, he looks like he belongs at first base. Did he get better defensively? Kept? Absolutely. Footwork's not real good all the time. He gets very stationary. He gets uh, very stand straight up and down. Looks like a statue over there. Bend your legs a little bit more. Expect a bad throw. Yeah, absolutely. Where he starts, like, he could take away that hole a little bit more. He could get a little free and easier. Uh, you know, don't forget that you're a defensive player, too. Always not an offensive player. But, yeah, you can't argue. It's night and day difference. You don't have to be a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. fan or a Blue Jays fan to just turn the channel, watch last year's games, watch this year's games. It's night and day. That's why I won the. That's why I won the Gold Glove. And yeah, he can get much better. He can, which is a good thing if you're a Blue Jays fan because if Bo continues to play short and they, you know, continue to move some guys around at second base, Vladdy's going to have to be not good, great at picking and better with footwork. So. It's only going to help their team go where they ultimately want to go, and hopefully he can grow more. If you're wondering how uh, gold gloves are chosen, Shai Davidi of uh, Sportsnet.ca is a terrific article up on the website right now. Uh, roughly 75% of the decision-making process comes from voting by managers and coaches, uh, also used as the Sabre Defensive Index, or SDI, and that uh, aggregates metrics based on batted ball location data and others. 
uh, derived from play-by-play accounts, et cetera, et cetera. Those are roughly 25%. And uh, according to Shai, Guerrero ranked fifth among AL first basemen in that category. So there you go. That's why I'm saying this isn't a bunch of writers making a bad decision. These are the coaches and managers who watch the game making the decision. That's why I kind of, uh, I, I put frankly, put a lot of stock in the Gold Glove Award. As I said, arguing about who didn't win is kind of silly. Uh, but arguing about or, or celebrating who did win, I think is 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 uh, is you know is well worth it. And uh, I just that is this is why I keep getting back to Vladdy Jr. Uh, the the fact that I don't think we give the dude uh, enough credit for um, the changes he's made in his game. Because uh, he needs to hit as, more. That's yeah, why. As far as as far as Charlie Montoyo goes, again, there's talk that he will join his friend uh, uh, Pedro Griffal as uh, manager of the as bench coach in the Chicago White Sox. A couple of folks weighing in on that, wondering why we haven't heard anything from Charlie Montoyo. It's an interesting question. I can tell you that the Blue Jays have not heard a great deal from Charlie Montoyo since he's gone. Charlie Montoyo, folks, was not happy to be fired. Well, who would be? I, 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 I can't put it any other way. He was not happy. You like to get fired? I don't. No. No. Anyhow, that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fan, as always, if you're listening to us via podcast, please rate and review. Leave us a nice five-star rating. We will love you forever if you do that. We'll be back tomorrow.